welcome into the Magic Weekly Podcast. Jake Chapman here with you. Tuesday, May 4th is the date. The Magic winners of two straight now, three of the last four. And as we come down the stretch here on the season, seven games remaining. Believe it or not, it'll be the Boston Celtics on Wednesday night at the Amway Center. Then you shoot on up to North Carolina, take on the Charlotte Hornets on Friday night. Back down here for the Minnesota Timberwolves on Sunday. That will be the home finale at Amway Center Fan Appreciation Night. And then you finish the season off with four games out on the road, four easy ones, just the Bucks, the Hawks, and twice with the 76ers. We will see exactly how uh, the playoff seeding um, shapes up at that point. Don't know if those teams will have something to play for that final week of the season or not. Um, but regardless, this Magic team right now, at the very least, finishing strong, playing hard. You got the young core out there. It's Cole Anthony, it's RJ Hampton, Wendell Carter Jr., Mo Bamba. Um, and the like, and I think you can feel confident that this team uh, does not have one eye on the offseason, does not have one eye on the lottery odds. Um, this team wants to win every game it goes out and plays right now, and um, it's not a guarantee that they will win every game they go out and play, but, man, if the basketball gods are watching, um, I think you can feel confident that, uh, that the Magic are, are keeping competitive spirits um, and, and, and what we're hoping for to see from young players coming down the stretch, um, that hope is alive. And there is, you know, you, tell Mo Wagner that these games don't matter. Tell Iggy Brasdakis that these games don't matter. Um, you got guys all fighting for something individually um, that might be different. You know, for, for Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton, they can be pretty confident they're going to be part of this thing for a long time. And so for them, these are development and growth opportunities. For guys on short-term deals on the, the, the Wagners and the Brasdakis of the world, um, these guys are out here fighting for their lives, fighting for their NBA lives and, and hoping to secure a position, be it here or elsewhere, um, long-term. So I, I think there's, um, there's a lot of competitive fire and spirit that you can be proud of right now. And that's the way I want it. Look, when the magic traded Vooch and Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier, you had an idea that it was a roster reset. You were going to sort of take a couple steps back in, in the hopes of taking many steps forward in the future, uh, but you knew that the remainder of the season was going to be kind of tough. It was going to be a transition period and it was going to be a development and growth period. And typically you don't win a whole lot of games in the NBA with, you know, a whole bunch of guys under the age of 23, but to see the, to see the growth, to see the development um, over the last month and really over the last two or three weeks from some of these guys like Mo Bamba on Monday night, the win in Detroit had a career high, both points and rebounds. Um, the last month being on the floor and, and, and what you've seen from Mo, I mean, that's, that's going to go a long way, I think, into the offseason and then into next year. Sometimes it's just as simple as confidence um, with a guy like Mo or a guy like RJ Hampton, for instance, who's played his two best games um, in the NBA in his young NBA career. His last two games have been his best performances. He almost had a triple-double for crying out loud on Monday night. So I think you can feel confident that the Magic are in a good place right now especially their young players um, getting these opportunities. And uh, the other good news that came on Monday was Steve Clifford will be back um, on Wednesday against Boston. Of course, it was, uh, what, about 10 days ago now, um, a week ago this past Saturday, that he uh, announced that he had tested positive for COVID a few days prior. They ran all the extra tests, make sure um, that that was uh, confirmed. And uh, it was, unfortunately. And so Cliff had to be away from the team. Fortunately, he was asymptomatic, feeling good the entire time, and he has now cleared the NBA's health and safety protocols. So uh, Cliff will be back on the sideline on Wednesday, and all will be right. But, you know, certainly a big shout-out to Ty Corbin uh, for taking over. He went 3-3, three and three, the team did, 
uh, with him as head coach and, and the rest of the coaching staff, um, you know, they, they, they did such a phenomenal job. And I think, you, you know, when you hear Ty talk about Cliff, and, I, and I'm anxious to hear Cliff talk tomorrow about the job that Ty and the rest of the staff did with him out. I think you see just how strong and kind of special a group of coaches you got and that Steve Clifford has put together because um, it seems to me that that can be a very difficult situation in a difficult season um, for a guy like Cliff to be just sort of ripped away and unable to do the things that he wants to do as far as instructing and teaching this team. But um, the Magic got through it, and uh, and it'll be good to have him back, certainly before the end of the season, um, kind of get everybody back in the same accord uh, with Steve Clifford back in there. And again, he'll be back on the sidelines Wednesday as the Boston Celtics come to town. Hey, Magic fans, the Florida Department of Transportation reminds you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. If you've been drinking, don't get behind the wheel. Instead, find a sober driver or catch a ride service. Remember, drive sober or get pulled over. Have a great night and drive safe. My guest this week on the Magic Weekly Podcast, Josh Robbins covers the team, does a phenomenal job, of course, for the athletic. He's on Twitter at Joshua B. Robbins. I believe, Josh, you are the um, first repeat guest of the season. So thank you very much for the time. It's good to catch up. How are you doing? I'm fine. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Um, how, it's been a long year, Josh. I think you and I can both attest to that. Uh, it's been a long calendar year. It's been a long basketball year. It's been a long everything um, for everybody. But with that said, it's, uh, the, the end is nigh. And I, I, how would you characterize this season for the Orlando Magic? I'm sure you're going to write it very eloquently at some point, and I don't want to uh, – uh, to spoil that because it is not the end of the season just yet. And I'm sure you'll have a great season recap on the athletic, but as you think back on everything that's happened this season uh, in magic land, um, what are some words that jump into your head? Well, I think from the magic perspective, the, the biggest, the, the one word that is most applicable is, is uh, frustrating. Mm. Uh, they, they went into this with hoping to make the playoffs for the, for a third straight year. And not just that, hoping to improve. And after one injury after another, the most crushing of which was Markel Fultz's uh, ACL tear, they've now done a a complete and utter 180 from a team that was damn the torpedoes full speed ahead toward the playoffs to a team that is now in a full rebuild. So you can't get much more drastic than that. It's um, It's been a dizzying, frustrating season, I think dizzying is probably a great word for it um you know yes, I, I, wish, I wish i had come up with it from the outset but <laughs> well, that's okay that's, that's all right as long as you end uh on the on the thought that you want i think that's a uh, i think that's fine that's the uh welcome to broadcasting josh it's, it can be very difficult at times um that is yeah that's it's it's felt like it's been a lot of seasons packed into one right i mean you can even go back to the six and two start and then Martel goes down and then all of a sudden starts slipping and then the other injuries start mounting. And then certainly post trade deadline, it's been a whole different, uh, a whole different group. So Monday night, the Pistons beat the, uh, the Pistons lose to the magic one nineteen one twelve, and Twitter is, you know, talking tanking and is this going to ruin the magic's pick and, and all that stuff. And I understand the sentiment. Um, I also think there's, it's a nuanced conversation when the Magic traded away Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon, it signaled a rebuild. But that doesn't mean you tell Steve Clifford or Ty Corbin or Cole Anthony or RJ Hampton to go out and roll over. And if you do that, you're probably going to build a pretty, pretty crappy culture. How 
how should Magic fans, and I, and I don't know if you want to go out on a ledge with your opinion on this, but how should Magic fans view this? And, and how do you? It's, do you think it's, it's a bad idea to win games ever? Do you, do you have a strong opinion on that? I do have a strong opinion on it. I, I wrote a piece uh, several days ago about what the Magic should do with their remaining games. Uh, I think it's going to be a double-edged sword here. You can, you're exactly right. You cannot tell the coaching staff and the players to lose. If you do that, you lose, you lose everything. Yeah. You lose every, you lose, first of all, you, you totally alienate the coaching staff. You alienate the players and you also send a terrible message to the young core you already have in place that that effort that trying to do things the right way doesn't mean anything or that it only means something when when it is to the benefit of the organization you can't do that from a organizational philosophy that said winning these games winning these last two games has impacted the magic's future i think we'll see how the lottery balls bounce but the the probabilities the odds are the odds the issue in my mind isn't that they are now two and a half percent less likely to win the first overall pick you can withstand two and a half percent probably it's not ideal but you can withstand it the problem is is that now of all the possible picks the magic are most likely uh to pick seventh and they are second most likely to pick sixth. And if you believe all the draft experts, the top two tiers of players or uh, is a list of, of five people long, arguably four people long. And so if the magic were to finish a season like this and have the, the, the sixth pick or the seventh pick, I think that's a failure. Um, this season has already been a failure in so many ways, most of the problem, most of which have not been the Magic's fault, but they would potentially come out of this, uh, go into the draft with the sixth or seventh pick. That would be, I think, uh, deeply disconcerting to them. Hmm. So is now, there... I sound like a terrible wet blanket, don't I? Well, I'm sorry. Well, no, it's, uh, I mean, you just laid it out. I mean, I, I, I agree 100%. I, I do wonder, like what the best course of action would be, right? Because I, I think you can look at Oklahoma and say, you guys are being a little too transparent about this. And, you know, like sending Al Horford home and, um, and, and basically trotting out. You know, I, I don't think all losses at the end of the season for 20-win teams are created equally. Because I think if, you, if the Magic won every game the rest of the way, yes, our lottery odds would be, would, would be greatly impacted. But you'd feel pretty good about Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton and Wendell Carter and, and, and Mo Bamba moving forward. Um, I don't think there's any chance Oklahoma <laughs> wins the rest of the games because no offense to those guys, but I don't think Ty Jerome and, and Moses Brown and Isaiah Roby are going to win six straight games at any point of their NBA careers if those are the only guys you have on the floor. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish those guys. Um, I don't, Josh, I don't think – there's no right answer here, right? And to me, there's I think there's ways to do it. Um, like what the Magic are doing right now is they're playing their young core. And so 
if you win with the young core, then that's good. And maybe it affects the odds a little bit. But what the, you know, if you're Oklahoma and you're sort of just trotting out a G League roster and it's very transparent, like you're trying to lose games, Al Horford hasn't been with the team since late March, it feels to me like that's sending a very, very bad message. Um, if the Magic were playing a whole bunch of veterans on short-term contracts who were good enough to win games but not good enough to make the postseason, then that's probably kind of a, a simplistic way of viewing things. I'm not sure that helps you in the lottery, and I'm not sure it helps you long-term period. I guess what you have to do is, is play your young players and just sort of assume that young players don't win very much in this league. Um, and use it as a developmental opportunity. And it feels like that's what we're doing. And it feels like that's what Detroit's doing. Um, it, it feels like that's, that, that's kind of what you have to do at this point. Um, but with that said, like, you know, people have mentioned the, uh, the Rob Hennigan era. Let me ask you, because I wasn't here. I, I left after year two. Did, did that feel different than, than this does? Did that feel like a more sort of transparent way to try to, to, try to juke the odds um, as opposed to this? I don't know if, that, if, if it was more transparent. I do know now looking back with the benefit of hindsight that that entire approach had very negative consequences for the young core the Magic had in place at the time. Mm. You can't convince me that Victor Oladipo, Tobias Harris, later Aaron Gordon, even Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier developed at the pace that they should have developed and the reason was is that that team was constantly losing, that they were never playing uh, meaningful games, that for the most part they didn't have uh, veterans who were in the prime of their careers who they would have to beat out for minutes. I think that those, uh, those years in many ways severely hampered all those young players' uh, development curves. So – Yes, you're, I hear exactly where you're coming from. There is no perfect approach. Uh, last night's game, in, in many ways, between the Magic and the Pistons was an embarrassment to the league. Certainly what Oklahoma City with Al Horford, what they are doing, that's, a, that's another disgrace to the league, I think. Mm. Uh, but when young players are, are held accountable and – they are seeking to win, and the coaches are coaching as hard as they possibly can. Uh, that is that is the approach the Magic are taking now. I think that's I think it's the right approach. Uh, Gary Harris not playing heavy minutes. James Ennis being held out. Terrence Ross being held out. I can go on and on. Um, I think the Magic are doing all that they can, short of of. Uh, undermining their young players by telling them to lose and uh, telling the coaches to lose. Uh, it's just, it's just a difficult way to go. And I don't see an easy solution on the horizon for the league. I mean, I mean, it, it's a league where, where one pick changes the franchise, right? The Spurs, David Robinson got hurt. They sucked on purpose, kind of, and they ended up with Tim Duncan, and it made Greg Popovich a Hall of Famer. It made a lot of players a lot of money. I mean, it, it changed the course of a small market franchise for two decades. So, you know, 
the benefit of hindsight, I mean, we, we know that there is, there's something to this with that said, um, I think the league, I think, I, I think there, I think this is kind of what it has to be. There has to be some level of, um, of leveling the odds off and, and not making it so obvious that, you know, if you start the season 10 and 20 and you just say, okay, for the next 52 games, we're, we're going to try to lose, then that is really, really bad for the league. But I also don't think necessarily the, uh, you know, the bulls or whoever it is that just misses out the Pelicans um, should have the, the same odds at, at Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley or whoever um, as, you know, as the Houston Rockets. So, it's it's an it's a very difficult question and it's very unique to the NBA. I think you know it happens a little bit in other leagues, but the NBA is the one league where that one pick can alter a, a franchise's future um, that drastically. Let's move on. Let's do something a little lighter. How about Cole Anthony? <laughs> what, what is um what is how how good a gift to a beat writer or a broadcaster um, is Cole Anthony? Not just because. Uh, his story and the way he plays the game, but um, but because of his quotes, he's he's fun, isn't he? Well, I think he's he certainly was a gift to the the Bally Sports uh, crew the other <laughs> night with Dante's post game. Um, I thought that was a hilarious uh, exchange, and uh, so yes, I I I think he is the best post game on court quote after you hit a game winner in the league. <laughs> uh, unfortunately for, for the, the, the TV crew, uh, there is a, you're, you're doing amazingly well if you have two buzzer beaters in one season. And, and you know, it, it's impossible to ask for more, really. So th- that was that, his reaction there was a breath of fresh air. That was a lot of fun to watch and to listen to. Uh, I thought that, I th- all joking aside, this is the kind of competitive spirit that Steve Clifford and his teammates have talked about all year. Yeah. Uh, so that is a welcome sign. And uh, so there's, there's no question that for him hitting that shot was a good thing. Do you, um, did you, what did you think about what Mo Wagner said after the game on Saturday about, getting the, the joy of basketball back. I thought for, for one thing to me, it's like, if you, if you're trying to lose games, bringing in Mo Wagner and Iggy Brasdakis and guys who are fighting for their NBA lives um, is probably not the best strategy because those guys are going out there and fighting. Mo Wagner is my type of player. All it took was the one hip check uh, and hip toss with uh, Jonas Valanciunas. And I was like, yep, sign me up. I'm on the Mo Wagner train. Um, but I, but boy, after that game on Saturday, the things he said about, losing his love for the game. And I think it was you who followed up and said, you know, why did you lose? How, how did you, he said, I got waved. This is my third team. Like, that's not fun. Um, boy, I loved hearing that after the game. It's something, especially now, because you guys don't have access to the locker room anymore. We're doing all of this impersonal zoom chat stuff. Um, hearing that level of honesty and um, I'll use the word again, transparency was certainly refreshing. He's an interesting cat, isn't he? And that was a, that's a, it's a pretty interesting story. That was a wonderful human response yeah. from Mo Wagner there. Uh, and um, it, it was a great bit of honesty that uh, I really appreciate. And I think really puts a lot, really gives the, the fans, the people who follow the magic, a better sense of who he is. And 
I would imagine from a fan's perspective that it's very difficult uh, to root against a person like that who, who so clearly loves the game, who was so clearly hurt that he was recently waived. Uh, I would just imagine that for anyone who, who likes the magic that that for those people that really made him one of their favorites, probably. Last question, because I, I, I like sort of picking your brain on the journalistic aspect of, of what you do specifically. I guess what we do, except I'm not just a radio dude. Uh, but I do have a journalism. Come on. That's what you <laughs> <laughs> Funny, funny, but well, you know what? Yeah, you're the one who has to deal with, uh, you know, guidelines and, and, and style books and things like that. Um, reporting on professional sports in the age of COVID, and, and obviously it came up um, with Steve Clifford. Is there, are there things that you have to be mindful of um, as far as guidelines and, and what to report, what not to report when you're talking about that? I mean, I, I suppose it's just, it's, it's the same as an injury, but it, it does, it feels a little bit different. Is, is it, is it different reporting on a knee as opposed to somebody testing positive for COVID-19? Well, yes, it is. And I'm not going to get too far into the, to the weeds here, but I, I, assume that different news organizations approach uh, positive COVID diagnoses in different ways. Uh, in, the, in the case uh, of, of uh, Steve Clifford, certainly uh, that, that was uh, news broken by The Athletic. Um, and these decisions are, are, are uh, made in, in many ways ahead of time, organizations set their policies and, and uh, you have to clear a certain bar before uh, you report on, on this. So uh, it, it does get complicated. The answer is yes, it does get complicated. And um, you know, the big picture is, is that uh, ultimately this country, this, this planet, we have to get, you know, thank God we're starting to make some progress, but uh, the progress that uh, we're all making is still coming much too slowly for our taste, really. So uh, this is, you didn't ask me this, but I hope everyone out there who's listening has, uh, is attempting to get the vaccine or, or has gotten it already. I know I have. And um, I just hope that five months from now, we're in a much better place as a country um, with this. Very well put. Get your shot. Encourage, encourage their shot. Um, the Magic in, in Amway Center and our partners at Advent Health um, have teamed up. You can go on OrlandoMagic.com and, and, and check it out. There's free shots at Amway Center um, coming up. And, um, and I think it's like you said, I'm, I am now vaccinated. Did, it, did you get knocked out? How did, how did it treat you? Uh, the second, after the second dose, uh, I wasn't feeling my best, but it, it didn't last long. It didn't last long. And um, as someone who has had a member of, of his family deal with COVID and thankfully recover fully, that's, that's scary. You know, yeah. COVID is a, is a, is a terrible disease. And, um, you know, I hope, uh, I hope, uh, I just wish no one ever had to deal with it in the first place, but this is where we are. And, and now we are where we are. We have to do the best we can to, 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 get over this whole crisis. I'm not going to politicize this conversation, but no. um, 
I just hope everyone gets the vaccine uh, as quickly as possible. Yep. Mind the science, wear your mask, get your shots, go magic. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Uh, Josh, always a pleasure. I appreciate it. Um, I'm glad to hear about your family member uh, making it through. And, and like you said, like, the only way we're ever going to get back to what it is you and I really enjoy doing, which is being in the same building together and being able to talk to each other face to face and being able to go in the locker room and go on the practice floor um, and talking to these guys is if, uh, if we all get vaccinated and all do our part. So um, thank you for uh, everything you do and thank you for joining me as always and hope to see you in person um, at some point soon. Hey, my pleasure. I hope this new microphone of mine works out well. Great. It sounds excellent. I might have to get one of those myself. Um, he's Josh Robbins. Does a phenomenal job covering the magic for The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter. Read all his stuff in The Athletic and follow him on Twitter at Joshua B. Robbins. Josh, thanks. We'll talk soon, okay? My pleasure. All right, there he is, Josh Robbins. Jake Chapman here with you. This has been one more edition of Magic Weekly. We'll be back next week. And uh, until then, stay safe, everybody.